The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. This time when we have just a few minutes to share some fellowship with our church family and friends as we reflect on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our custom these past few years has been to begin the message with the reading of the Christmas story uh, from the Gospel of Luke. And it seems quite strange that there are only two texts in all of Scripture that details Christ's birth. Uh, The birth of the most important person in the world's history is not given much space in the scriptures. Now, the gospel are the accounts of Jesus' life, and there are only two of those, Matthew and Luke, that give details of Christ's birth. But on the other hand, you'll find that all four gospels deal in, uh, give great details, much detail about his death. And this was the purpose of the incarnation of Christ, him becoming human and coming into this world, Jesus was born to die. All people die, but Jesus came into this world for this purpose, to die. Now this evening I'd like to read the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, chapters 1 and 2. Luke's account is the more comprehensive of Jesus' birth, and we might expect it to be because Luke is the historian of the New Testament. And Matthew supplements his account with additional details. And if I were to describe to, describe to you the differences between these two accounts, I would say that, that Luke tells the story with the details that a mother would give. He concentrates on Mary in chapter 1 and how the angel Gabriel appeared to her and told her that she would become pregnant and she would have a child that was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He speaks in that chapter of Mary's family and of how both Mary and her cousin Elizabeth were pregnant. Elizabeth became pregnant about six months before Mary, and her baby played a significant part uh, in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Her baby was John the Baptist, and he is the one who baptized Jesus and prepared Israel for the coming of the Messiah. I want to begin reading with chapter 1, verse number 26, and this records the appearance of the angel to Mary. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, 
the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now the next part of the narrative goes into the birth of John the Baptist. And that's very important historical information. I encourage you to read it. But continuing with the Christmas story, we take up the birth of Jesus in the beginning of chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord." And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of God. It's tempting for me to end the service here and let you contemplate what we've just read. I think too often we fail to pause and let God's word sink into our hearts. The Holy Spirit uses the word to speak to us, and I believe that he will in what we've just read. In this text, he speaks to us. But the ordinary means of the word is to reveal Christ through the preaching of the word. These are scriptures that beg for comment, and since this service is not intended to be our normal preaching exercise, it's very difficult to choose which part that we should use of this as a text. 
And my conclusion is that any part that we choose is good. Our time tonight is not enough to explore all the richness that's in these verses. In fact, I'm incapable of doing that. I don't think that anyone is. I don't think anyone can draw out everything there is for us to learn from what we've just read. But this evening I am drawn to one phrase that we read in the first chapter. And this is when the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. This is one of the greatest understatements in the Bible. This had been the first time in scripture that anything was said about the birth of the Messiah. If this was the first mention to anyone that God would come to this earth in human form, then we might say that this angel's announcement was highly surprising. If this was the first time, we would say that Mary was favored, that is for sure, but it wouldn't carry with it the full sense of how truly blessed that Mary was. You see, if we go into the Old Testament and the promise of the birth of the Messiah in Isaiah, Isaiah spoke prophecy under inspiration of the Holy Spirit and said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. It'd be highly unlikely that Mary wasn't aware of this prophecy, especially considering one of her relatives, Zacharias, who was the husband of her cousin Elizabeth, was one of the priests that served in the temple. Now Mary was like thousands of Jewish girls that was brought up being taught the Old Testament scriptures. She was descended from David. This we discover by reading Luke chapter 3. And so like thousands of Jewish girls before her, many hoped that they would, be no, they would be nothing more than blessed and nothing would be more blessed and profound than to be this virgin that is spoken of in Isaiah. Religion it's, was central to Jewish life and mothers would tell their little girls that they might be the one who would bring the Messiah into the world. And this was true of families that were descended from King David Jewish women prayed that they would be the favored one. And I can't say that they fully understood it. What does it really mean to be the, to be the mother of the Messiah, the one who will be an everlasting king? I can't say that they understood it fully, but they wanted to be, each of them wanted to be the mother of the promised Messiah, that one who is the everlasting king that would sit on David's throne. And Isaiah is not the only prophet that spoke of it. There is a promise in the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis 3.15, there is a promise that a Messiah would come. Eve thought that she was the one who would bring the Messiah, and she mistakenly thought that her first son, Cain, was the promised one. In the patriarchal, uh, patriarchal period, I'm sorry, Jacob blessed his sons before his death, and he gave a special promise to his son Judah that the lawgiver, the Messiah, would come through him. And that promise is repeated many times in the scriptures, and each of the prophets prophesied that there would be an everlasting kingdom that would come. And so when the angel appeared to Mary and said, God has favored you or God has blessed you, that took some time for processing. Thousands of years of history had passed from the original promise and thousands of young girls hoped for this and thousands of mothers instructed their little girls concerning it. To have an angel come to this unknown girl in a small, unimportant village 
And say that God has shown favor on you by choosing you to bring the Savior into the world. That is an understatement of massive proportions. God never favored anyone like this before. Mary was the only human in history to do this. She is in a special class of one. Jesus came once to be born. He came once to die. The redemption of God's people is a one-time event. And whoever played this integral part in bringing the Messiah into the world is blessed above all calculation. The angel said, thou hast found favor with God. And we're drawn to that statement because this was grace granted by God. The angel didn't say, God has found grace in you. And God chose you, Mary, because God found grace in you. And the angel did not say, Hail Mary, full of grace. The angel did not say, You are blessed among women because there is grace in you. Oh, Mary had no grace in her. She was a sinner. She needed grace as much as any person in this room. And if there was grace in her, it was because God put it there. Mary said as much in the 47th verse of the first chapter when she said, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Sinless people don't need a Savior. Mary needed one because she wasn't unlike us. She was born in sin and God's grace had to touch her just as it does us before we can be righteous with God. We're drawn to this statement, Thou hast found favor with God Because the angel said to her, fear not. Why why should she fear? Well, she feared because it's not every day that an angel appears. Without doubt, she was frightened by the supernatural. Without doubt, she was frightened because she was in the presence of holiness. And very soon, there would be the fear of misunderstanding. Others would not believe that she conceived as a virgin. And they would believe that she was a loose woman. And her son would be claimed illegitimate. She was afraid because this messenger was sent from God. And he represented the God who knew her sinfulness. I mean, who knows what Mary's thoughts were. What her actions were on this day before the angel appeared. I mean, is there any of you that can say that you've gone through an entire day without committing sin? Have you gone through an entire day without a sinful thought? Can any of us say that we haven't sinned today? And Mary was no different in that regard. The angel knew the sinful condition of all mankind. And Mary knew enough that if this is a messenger sent from God, that God knew her and God knew everything that she did that day and everything she'd done her entire life. But despite her sins, she was favored by God. I hope you understand that the word favored means that God graced her. Favored is the same word that we find in Ephesians 2.8 where it says, By grace you are saved. By divine favor you are saved. And so this is the grace of God on her. And once again, she was not an originator of grace. Mary was not full of grace. She is not a dispenser of grace. She needed grace just like you and me. Now we're drawn to this statement, thou hast found favor with God, or at least I am because I know that my salvation came in the same way that Mary's did. It was God's divine favor upon me. It was God's divine favor upon Mary, and I'm no different from her. God favored me 
when he came to me and saved me. It was by God's divine choice that he favored me and saved me because I am a sinner. There's nothing in me that would cause God to save me. And so it is by divine favor that I'm saved. And so I look at that. Mary was one girl among thousands, even millions in the history of Israel that was chosen for this. And you must consider that among billions that live across this world, that you have been favored to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most of the world's population has never heard the gospel of Jesus. Are we favored because we have heard? Are we favored because we're here tonight and we have read from the Word of God, we have our copies of the Word of God, and we can read this blessed story of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior? Are we favored because of that? Are we favored because having believed we won't suffer the wrath of God for our sins, as so many will? Can you say that it's an understatement for God to say to you, Thou hast found favor with God? There's nothing that compares to this. No one has been so richly blessed than those who have found God's favor in the free pardon of their sins. I know there's much said about the willingness of Mary to endure the ridicule and the strange disapproving looks that she owned because she was pregnant before the ceremony of her marriage with Joseph. There's much made about her strong will and how she didn't bend and break under the pressure. But I know this, that when the angel said to her, Thou hast found favor with God, included with this is a promise that God's grace would continue in her. By God's grace, she would be strengthened for this trial that she would endure. By God's grace, she, she knew that God would never desert her and she would not have to fight through all this by herself. God's grace was enough to see her through. And we're drawn to this statement, Thou hast found favor with God, because we know that God's grace works the same in us as it did in her. It's by God's grace that our salvation is kept safe and secure. God's word says, For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And friends, this is the very heart of the Christmas story. We too have found favor with God because he sent Jesus into this world to be our Savior. It's an understatement to say that we have found favor with God because we know our own lives. We know what we are. We know what we've done. We know what we think. And we know that we are undeserving of this wonderful gift that was sent down from heaven above. Now, as you fellowship with your friends and your family tonight and tomorrow as you give gifts to one another and you see the joy that Christmas brings to your family, I certainly do hope that you'll take time to consider this, that if you are a child of God, that God chose you. God spoke to you and said, you have found favor with God. When the Holy Spirit called you to salvation, you found favor with God. It wasn't because you did anything. And it wasn't because you would do anything that God spoke to you. He spoke to you only because of his mercy and his grace. The initiative was all God's. It was God's alone. I think there may be some of you here tonight who are yet to find out that God's chosen you to be his child. Now this message is to let you know that you 
can learn that God has chosen you by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in Jesus Christ, this one who is born of a virgin. And when you learn this, you find, you find out for yourself that there is divine favor on you. When you believe, it's not because God saw that you would, but because God intended you would, that you would hear from his spirit, you have found favor with God. Psalm 85, verse 7, Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. That's prophecy of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his favor on us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, who came to save us from our sins. Blessed be God for Christmas. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and surely we must say we have found favor to be here tonight to hear the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. We have found favor because of all the people in the world, we can be in a place where the truth of God's word is taught, where salvation is made known to lost sinners, and where people may hear and may believe in you. We are truly blessed beyond measure because of the great story of Jesus coming into the world at Christmas. And Lord, as we think about this, the incarnation was for this singular purpose. You came into this world to bear our sins, to be a human that took sins upon him, knowing no sin yourself, but taking it in your flesh on the cross, and then going there and being forsaken by your own heavenly Father as you hung there dying for us. All of it done because you graced us, because you found favor, um, decided to find favor and give favor upon us. Lord, we thank you so much for that. We thank you for each and every one who took time to come out tonight and sing and to worship and hear the word preached and to pray and all the things that we do here because of Jesus Christ and what he did. Bless us tonight, Lord. Uh, give us a good time with our families. Give us a good time with Christmas Day tomorrow. And may we ever remember this, what you did for us and that favor that you have shown upon us. Guide us through the rest of this service this evening as we continue to sing and bring praises to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.